Blog Talk Radio. Get into the cause, check out Stand Up, Speak Out. But it was great 
just being a part of that, going out to uh, Colorado. We went to this place called, uh, uh, the day after the concert, this place called Garden of the Gods, which is these, these mountain formations uh, overseeing the, the Rocky Mountains. It was just, uh, it was unbelievable. So that was a, a whirlwind of a weekend trip, but uh, a lot of fun. Got to feel like a rock star for the weekend. And, uh, you know, it was crazy because there's it was a lot of crazy stuff going on with, with wrestling. And it was it was weird. It was like, you know, that weekend was, was actually SummerSlam weekend while we were uh, in Colorado. And there's so much stuff I wanted to talk about. It was like I was just chomping at the bit to get back to the show. So uh, lots of things going on. And then lo and behold, as I, you know, getting back into the flow of like wrestling and doing stuff. That the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, attacks me as I'm trying to do a backstage interview because we got this Wrestling on Fire ECPW big-time merger going on that, uh, you know, we all thought was a good thing, but Anderson uh, seems to not like the idea of this merger, so uh, trying to get some reaction out of him. And, uh, yeah, so knee surgery uh, happened this month, uh, so I had some uh, ligament damage and uh, cartilage and fun stuff in my knees. So uh, it was a few weeks ago, but I'm rehabbing. I'm walking, walking, uh, getting back, getting some flexibility back in the leg. So it's been kind of a a pretty eventful month, month and a half, but really excited to be here tonight. Uh, we thought this would be a fitting night to get back in the saddle. It's a pay-per-view night. Night of Champions, lots of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling, especially the WWE, and so many things we got to discuss and dissect and go through. But first, you guys have said, you know, we put it on the Facebook, listen to the show in the beginning because we have some, some information. We're changing things up a little bit on the show, and we'll we'll pop this on. It'll be on the website. We'll, we'll put it on the Facebook just in case you, you miss it. But we're changing up our programming a little bit. So... We're actually going to be on the air tomorrow night again. We'll be going 6 to 8 again tomorrow night. And then going forward, Monday night, 6 to 8 is going to be our regular night. We're going to be, each and every week, we're going to be on Monday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. And we're going to structure things as kind of, we, we discuss things, Dave and I. We like the vibe, what you guys bring and and how the show is structured and how it flows when we do kind of a, a pregame format. So it's going to serve kind of as a, as a pregame for, for Raw on Monday nights. So that's going to be the, the start of that. And then Sundays, what we're going to do is we're just going to run a Sunday show when there happens to be a pay-per-view. So if, uh, you know, if there's two pay-per-views in the month, there's a TNA and a WWE, then we'll have two Sunday shows that month. So we're basically moving into – a wrestling pregame kind of format for the time being. We're going to see, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks, see how things go. But Sundays, only if there's a pay-per-view. Monday nights, that's going to be our regular night, 6 to 8, previewing Raw. And don't worry, TNA people out there, we're still going to hit the TNA stuff on the Monday show. You know, going to make sure we, we get into that. Uh, we're probably not going to touch too much on TNA tonight because it is a night of champions, WWE pay-per-view, but we definitely will be hitting uh, TNA, and who knows, if things go well with this uh, pregame format, who knows, maybe down the road a piece, we'll, we'll add a Thursday show previewing, uh, doing kind of a impact pregame, but that's what we're going for right now, so Monday nights, 6 to 8 p.m. is our regularly scheduled show 
from now on, and, and we're we're looking to add some new segments. So over the weeks, you're gonna see some stuff uh, going on each and every week. And uh, Dave, you know, one of the things we talked about uh, adding to the show, which we're gonna debut tomorrow night, we're gonna add uh, the rant. Yeah, the it, it, what I'd like to call, you know, we could leave it up to the viewers if you want to decide, but I'd like to call it a little R&R, and it doesn't stand for rest and relaxation either. Um, you know, starting tomorrow night, we're going to have a rant, and it's just basically, you know, one of us, either a Reedy rant or a Rosenbluth rant um, on, you know, things that bother us in the wrestling industry, whether it's something we see on television, on Raw or Impact or SmackDown, or something we read on the Internet, um, through the dirt sheets, just, just something that bothers us. We're just going to just let loose and let it all out. Uh, you know, there's we're going to be flying without a net when it comes to that segment. And, uh, you know, I think, Ken, you're going to start tomorrow night, and uh, then next month I'll uh, – I'll have my rant. I'll probably find something that I don't really care for too much, and I'll go off, and uh, people will like it or people will hate it. But uh, I'm looking forward to that segment that's going to uh, that's going to debut tomorrow night. Yeah, like, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to pick one subject matter that we happen to be passionate about, and we're going to kind of go off on it. And that's just one of the new segments we're going to be adding. We're still going to have our nod of approval going forward. Nod of approval is actually going to be uh, on the Sunday shows from now on. So. Uh, we'll have a lot of stuff to choose from when we pick our nod, but we're going to do that on the Sundays. Monday show, we're still going to have your news, so we're going to keep that segment, so we'll keep you up to date on all the goings-ons in the in the wrestling business. And, uh, you know, again, we're going to be adding, you know, the rant is just one of the new segments we're going to be adding. Uh, we've got a lot of things uh, on the docket. Uh, we're going to add, we want to kind of do things where uh, we're rotating segments, so nothing gets stale. So there's going to be a lot of different segments that uh you, you probably only see once a month as we just kind of throw things around and kind of keep you all guessing because we want this show to to continue to grow and evolve and, uh, you know, make keep you guys engaged. If you got any ideas, you know, we got the show chat going on right now on the Facebook page. You got an idea for a segment? Not saying we're going to use it necessarily, but what the hell? If you got an idea, go over on the Facebook page, throw something up there. You know, maybe we'll, we'll take that into the fold and brainstorm and uh, – throw it in there as, as a new segment. So those are the changes right now on the Ken Reedy show. Uh, we're still going to give you the best in pro wrestling talk, but regular weekly show is going to be Monday, 6 to 8 p.m., right on the KenReedyShow.com. And it's amazing. You know, we take a month and a half off, and we're going to hit, since we're talking Night of Champions, we got to reference SummerSlam because a lot of the storylines obviously started at, at SummerSlam into Night of Champions. It's been a crazy month to a month, month and a half to take off. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, lots of very entertaining stuff. And we're going to hit all that stuff, uh, you know, over the course of the show. And we're going to give you the, our match predictions, as we always do on these pregame shows. But uh, one of the biggest news items, I guess, coming out of this past week was the announcement of JR uh, announcing his retirement uh, from uh, commentating from wrestling. I mean, he's been, uh, you know, part-time at best as of late. Uh, but, you know, an all-time great, a Hall of Famer, uh, something that is uh, in- incredibly big news. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, Dave. You, you just, you kind of, when when someone's not around, like JR, and you, and you don't you don't see him often, and, and, you know, sometimes if you have a tendency to, to forget 
you know, how great he is. You know, you, you kind of remember, yeah, he is definitely great. And you have it in the back of your head. And uh, it was interesting this week that I went and watched the uh, that panel discussion uh, that uh, JR was hosting where, uh, you know, Ric Flair kind of went off a little bit. And uh, JR said that one of his favorite moments as a commentator was WrestleMania 17, calling the match between Stone Cold and The Rock. And, uh, you know, as I was watching, it just kind of sparked something in me. I was like, you know, let me and, – and doing commentating right now for Wrestling on Fire, you know, I, I – I do try and watch, you know, older matches, even newer matches, just trying to hone my skills, uh, you know, hit on things that work, you know, style, stuff like that. Just just trying to learn as much as I can about, you know, calling a good match as a commentator. And so when, when JR mentioned it, I, it was, you know, I, like I'm thinking when he's going to say like his favorite match, like I'm not thinking it's going to be that. And, and he says WrestleMania 17. I'm like, hey, let me go. Uh, throw that on there, and I, I sat through and watched it, and and he's just phenomenal. I mean, what what Jim Ross could bring uh, to a match, it's it was just absolutely incredible. And and you know, again, you don't listen to him every week. You know, maybe you just kind of you forget a little bit of how great he is. And and it was just kind of I'm sitting there listening to the match, and it's just and it was a great match. And that was the thing, you know, he was the type of commentator that if it was a if it was a so-so match, he could make it good. If it was a good match, he'd make it great. If it was a great match, you felt like you were watching history. Um, he was a tremendous storyteller, um, and I guess the age-old debate will be Gordon Soley... Or Jim Ross, who's the best of all time, and no disrespect. I mean, you go back, I mean, I thought Girl Monsoon was great. Uh, Jesse Ventura was great. Heenan was great. Uh, you know, a lot of great announcers over the years. But for my money, uh, the greatest of all time just decided to hang it up. And that's, uh, that's a pretty big deal uh, as far as I'm concerned in the world of professional wrestling and, and anything. You know, it's so rare that you get to witness someone who is – the best of all time at their craft. And, and for my money, it, it's Jim Ross. Uh, pretty incredible piece of news that happened this week, Dave. Yeah, I was kind of taken aback by it. It was sudden. Uh, there wasn't any kind of real buildup towards it. Um, I mean, JR had been off television as a regular announcer for, um, you know, almost four years. And, uh, you know, he's been sorely missed, you know, since Michael Cole had taken the lead, you know, announcing role for the WWE. Um, it's always been when JR coming back. And, uh, you know, what, what I thought was pretty cool, even though I, I kind of accepted it a little bit, but uh, at WrestleMania 28, when he called the um, the end of an era Hell in the Cell between Triple H and The Undertaker, um, I kind of looked at JR as like the John Madden of the WWE, that they would kind of bring him in and just have him do, you know, special kinds of matches, matches, you know, from guys from his era or big importance that he could help add more importance to it with his commentary. Um, I will say this. I'm not a hundred percent sold that this is a real thing. And the only reason why I say this is because, you know, we currently have a storyline involving the McMahon family and triple H and Stephanie. And, uh, you know, it's been, you know, uh, highly publicized over the past, you know, several years of the relationship that JR has had with the McMahons. Um, 
it's been said that you know his look and his and his voice is not for WWE TV. Vince has not been a big fan of him. He's been fired multiple times by the company, but he still has a tendency to uh, you know to 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 find a way back in, and he does it because he loves it. I I kind of have a feeling this might be a part of this new you know takeover regime with Triple H and Stephanie. Um, I mean, time will tell, but. I found it interesting that the first place that this news broke was WWE.com. Normally when you hear of stuff like this, it hits the dirt sheets first, and then it takes a while for it to confirm, and then it confirms, and then WWE.com might cover it if it's a real story. But they were the first ones to announce it. And there's been rumors that, you know, because of Ric Flair's uh, behavior at the panel discussion and JR was the host and he didn't really keep it under control, that this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, with Vince, and Vince made the decision to let JR go. Um, Jim Ross has been in somewhat of a talent advising kind of role. He scouts a lot. He's been working down at NXT with Triple H, and I know Triple H has thought very highly of him, um, so I'm kind of surprised that, uh, you know, that he's gone, but, I mean, like I said, time will tell. I'm really not sold on the fact that this is a real retirement. But if it is, and if that's the reason why, that's a shame, in my opinion, because Jim Ross is a valuable asset to, to any organization. He he helped recruit a lot of talent down in WCW when he was working there. He was the vice president of TV and, uh, you know, worked on the television programs. He uh, had a lot of input when he worked for Mid-South Wrestling with Bill Watts, not only just as a commentator, but, you know, working with talent and getting guys in and referring, you know, certain people. He put in a good word for Mick Foley to get into the WWE. And Vince McMahon didn't have any belief in Mick Foley, but he had enough belief in JR's word that Foley would make Vince McMahon some money, and he hired him. So, you know, it's a shame that he's not going to be around with them anymore. But I'm sure that if this is legit and whatever reason is behind it, that Jim Ross will be back in some form or fashion whether he makes a special appearance um, I mean, WrestleMania 30 is coming up. It's the 30th anniversary of the of you know the biggest event in wrestling, and it would be hard to not have Jim Ross a part of it in some form or fashion. He's always been a part of WrestleMania somehow, whether he's commentated um, or I just don't see Jim Ross not being a part of that and a part of the WWE from time to time. But if he's got other things he wants to focus on, uh, that, that he's going to be happier with more power to him. Uh, so, you know, in my opinion, greatest of all time. And, you know, you brought up that Austin Rock match. And what's great about that match, you know, obviously with the, the, the work in the ring between both of them and the storyline, but Jim Ross itself at the end, I mean, granted, Austin turned heel and joined Vince McMahon. It was in Texas, and the fan, and, you know, Austin's from Texas, and the fans kind of, they, they, they kind of cheered for it because he won, but they were still kind of confused. But Jr. sounded like that, like his best friend betrayed him, and the, the emotion that he brought out in the commentary with any kind of match just it translated so well through the television screen, and just the cadence in his voice and and the way he described a match or a move or, or any part of the story was just so well done that anybody after him, and you know, with all due respect to Michael Cole, I don't think he's terrible. But at times, he's not the best. And I think anybody after Jim Ross is obviously going to be compared uh, to Jim Ross. And it's not fair to them, and it's not fair to JR, because JR set the bar so high for, um, you know, play-by-play color commentators in the wrestling industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I know for myself, I mean, just, you know, being a commentator, 
you know, and there there are moments where you just and, and it's it's amazing, like you know, like a guy like Jim Ross, like he he changed the landscape and he changed, you know, almost like the way he he used language and, and the words he used, you know. There's certain times where like, I'm calling a match, you know, and I and I I stop myself because like I want to say like this is a slobber knocker, or you know, like it's like you know there there's phrases that that Jim Ross used that they're his. Um, but there, there's such a part of uh, the landscape and the culture of pro wrestling. You know, I'm sure there's there's thousands of wrestling fans all over, uh, you know, this country, the world that like slobberknocker is just part of their vocabulary. Uh, you know, the stuff that, that Jim Ross was able to to bring to the lexicon of, of of pro wrestling, and it's you know, it's tough. And you're right. I mean, I'll, I'll call a match, and I always have like this. This little voice in my head, like when the match was, you know, match is over. It's like, yeah, just not as good as J- Jr. Not as good as Jr. You know, it's, you know, he he's set the bar so high, um, and I've always like my opinion on pro wrestling, uh, whether it's the wrestler or the commentator, is the the most important thing is the storytelling. That's that's paramount. You got to tell the story, and uh, uh, not to not to kind of go off on a bit of a tangent, but. The, like when you go back and you look at classic drama, you know, like ancient Greece and, and you know, there, there was the, the Greek chorus that, that helped facilitate or, or they would explain action that wouldn't actually happen on stage. Um, I've always kind of looked at wrestling as like the, the announced team should be almost like that, that Greek chorus. Like they were kind of helping to facilitate the storyline uh, and the performers would be going in the ring and telling the story and, and it was the commentator's job to... to keep that story going and um you know jr just jr enhanced everything uh he made everything better uh you know he he sold the gravity of the situation and that's like like you said i mean the emotion that he he laid on that match and, and you it, it's it's great the way you phrased it dave i mean it was like his best friend betrayed him and he just and for a guy like stone cold who was so popular you know you're right. like a, the the crowd kind of popped because he won the match, and it was it was kind of a weird moment. But but Jr. told the story. Jr. was there to tell the story that this is this is a bad moment. This is a dark day in pro wrestling history, and uh, you know you think of that match. You think of the uh, the the Hell in a Cell match with Taker. You know, my God, he he, he could be broken in half. Um, you know, he just it, what he added to to a wrestling match was just. Uh, you know, absolutely phenomenal, and and it is difficult, like someone doing commentating, to just like, you know, have that 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 superior that that just that that ideology to, to strive for. He was just so good. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be missed. And you know, it's it's the bad thing about stuff like this is, you know, Jr. announces retirement, so I go back and I'm starting to watch, like, you know, I'm watching the WrestleMania 17 match and like watching stuff that, that Jr. called and. It just then then I I pop on uh, you know SmackDown and Raw and it's just you know the spotlight is really apparent on you know the commentating not being uh, on point and the one thing that really stuck out for me and uh, as we keep talking about storytelling was the moment that uh, CM Punk beat the hell out of the the doctor uh, with the kendo stick. This was something that was violent. Um, CM Punk was a 
is a man, character-wise, is a man at the end of his rope, who is, out of sheer desperation, uh, not being able to get his hands on Paul Heyman, a guy who he vehemently despises and, and wants to destroy. He destroys the closest thing to him and beats the holy hell out of a doctor in the ring. And to me, like that, I, I mean, it, the performers did a good job. Heyman did a good job. The doctor did a good job taking the beating. Punk did a good job, you know, the, of showing that moment of just how absolutely enraged CM Punk is. And as that moment's going on, the commentators are giggling. They're they're making doctor jokes and they're giggling. And I, and I was just, you know, that's not. I mean, it's great. You know, you're having a good time. That that's awesome that you're doing that. But I don't think you, Jr. would not be giggling at that moment. He would be, you know, facilitating like how how grave a moment this is. How how violent CM Punk is being. You know, can CM Punk be controlled? I mean, it just it, it just popped into my head. You know, how much better that moment would have been with the Jr. And and I don't want to turn this into something where we're ragging on like other commentators and stuff but that was that was a moment that really stuck out for me that I just I feel like JR would have really been telling the the story there um and and not sitting there kind of uh, amusing themselves so that kind of that kind of bugged me a little bit but back to talking uh good stuff about JR I mean you know we both in agreement and we're saying that he's the best ever um, he'll be sorely missed. I agree with you, Dave. I hope that in some way, shape, or form he comes back for WrestleMania. I hope we have that, you know, when you look at guys in wrestling or in sports, you know, when they retire. I mean, right now you see it in, in baseball and in every place that Mariano plays. Mariano Rivera, there's there's a tribute for him because this is last year. You know, Jim Ross deserves to have that definitive last match. I, I would really like it if, if he's serious about retiring, and I get it, you know, you have other things you want to do in your life, but, like, Jr. deserves that moment. I, I would love for him to be, like, come back, call a match at WrestleMania, and tell everyone before WrestleMania, this is my last match. This is the last time I'm going to be on the mic uh, for for a match. And have him have that fitting send-off. I think he deserves to you know, get that standing ovation because, uh, for my money, he is the best of all time. I'm curious, Dave, aside from WrestleMania 17, or maybe that is uh, your moment, do you have a, a favorite uh, Jim Ross moment? There, there's quite a few. You know, it's funny. My brother and I, will, like, we'll do his voice sometimes, like, when we see moments, but there's some funny ones, too. I mean, you know, he's come up with the near Goofy as a pet coon and slobber knocker and, you know, uh, business is about to pick up. There's a lot of, you know, different ones. Mick Foley has said that the greatest call JR has ever made was when JR, you know, said, as God is my witness, he is broken in half when Undertaker threw him off the hell in the cell. But one, one that popped, there's, there's definitely a few in my mind, but there's the one that pops out in my mind in particular right now was, and I'll do, a, I'll do my best to do a Jim Ross impression, but it was the Monday Night Raw in February of 1998. It was Cactus Jack versus Chainsaw Charlie in like a hardcore match, 
and they had the dumpster on top of the stage, and that was when the New Age Outlaws went to go dump the the dumpster over the stage with with Cactus and Terry Funk in it. And Jim and Jim Ross goes and uh, here, like I said, I'll do my best with this. <laughs> he goes, Oh my God, don't you dare do that! There's people in there, and then the dumpster falls over, and then the Outlaws like people are cheering, and this was like during the Attitude Era, and and he he gets up and Jared's like, What's so great about that? And he just the the in his voice, it's just—that's it, um, it, just one of them. There's, there's plenty, you know. Even like the, the match with Austin and Rock at WrestleMania uh, was great. His call of um, there was one call in particular that um, that I really liked of him. Uh, it was a funny one. Uh, Big Show returned in, the, in a Royal Rumble, and he was like, "The biggest son of a bitch in the WWF is back." And like, you know, he, he just he just got away with words and phrases and 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 stuff with Austin. You know, I mean, he's he's linked to Steve Austin, just like Howard Cosell was linked to Muhammad Ali. Um, he's had a lot of great calls associated with Steve, with, with with Steve Austin um, in his career. But those are just a few that come to mind. Um, but I'd love to see him come back just for one more match. You know, to call one more match. And uh, I, if anything, he does come back. It's probably going to be for a match uh, if Steve Austin ever returns. I think that's the only time he would ever come back. And then that would be awesome. You know, it's, uh, you know, again, it's, it, you know, it's amazing that we got to like live through like the, you know, the, the era in the sky, you know, again, we're, we're, we're in agreement, uh, greatest ever. And it's just, uh, you know, it's phenomenal. And, and sometimes, you know, I, it was a great analogy you made, uh, him and Muhammad, Ali, uh, Howard Cosell, Muhammad Ali, uh, Stone Cold and, and Jim Ross, definitely, uh, you know, similarities there. And they, they will always be linked. And sometimes, you know, things, there's a convergence of events and, you know, Jim Ross and, and the Attitude Era and, and you know, is definitely in Stone Cold and all those things kind of converging at the same time uh, definitely helped. But he just, he added so much to, to a wrestling match. And, and the thing that I think made Jim Ross great was how often he could do it. You know, everyone has those moments that of, of greatness. You know, people have those those days where they, they hit the nail on the head. I mean, even, you know, Dave and I, you know, we, we discuss this show. And there are some shows where, you know, we'll call each other or we'll text afterwards. And, you know, it's like, oh, we nailed it that night. And there are other nights like, yeah, I mean, we missed the mark a little bit. You know, it's. The, the fact that Jim Ross was able to repeat greatness so many times. I mean, we talked a lot, uh, you know, the uh, the match last year with uh, John Cena and Brock Lesnar. Uh, and a great match, violent match, and how great, not good, great, Michael Cole was that night. And he won, he called a tremendous match that night. But he, he's not able to repeat that performance often. Um, you know, and a lot of commentators, a lot of people in life in general and in different walks of employment, different different things that they do in life, you know, you have moments of greatness and then, you know, you kind of get snapped back to reality. The fact that uh, Jim Ross was able to duplicate great greatness uh, on such a consistent basis, just um, for my money, greatest ever. And if it's uh, if it's legit... Happy trails, uh, all the best to good old JR, and again, hoping that he comes back for one last match so we can give him a proper send-off as fans. Uh, if it's part of a storyline, we'll we'll see how it all unfolds, because uh, 
you know, lots of interesting stuff going on storyline-wise, and uh, this is all kind of dating back to SummerSlam and how uh, Triple H has taken over uh, COO, and now he's he's just running things as a a dictator, or some may say he's just a dick. Who knows? Who knows what your opinion is? Um, but we go back a little bit since we didn't get to talk about it. We'll hit on it briefly. Uh, Triple H comes to power. He's running roughshod over over the locker room. Is this storyline with Jr.? We'll see. But uh, when we go back to SummerSlam and when. Uh, Triple H really took over and showed that he was going to rule this company with an iron fist, screwing over uh, Daniel Bryan, making uh, Orton the face of the company. And uh, I, you know, call in 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And we want to hear what you think about uh, this current storyline going into Night of Champions tonight. But I will tell you right now, the way I look at SummerSlam, I absolutely love it. I love what's been going on right now in the WWE. And for my money, right now in pro wrestling, since they've really gone into admitting that uh, it's storyline, it's scripted, it's sports entertainment, it's been difficult over the years to create true heels. Fans like heels. They, they cheer for them. Um, I thought it was brilliant that they took the popularity of, of Daniel Bryan, and they use that to, to turn Orton heel, and Orton is a bona fide heel. He's getting booed. He's not getting cheered. And Triple H is very popular, but screwing over Daniel Bryan, he's getting booed. And I just thought it was very smart to use Daniel Bryan's popularity to, to turn those two guys. Um, I think it works really well right now. I'm not worried because I do think we're going to see Daniel Bryan with the WWE Championship right now. But I think it, it's it's almost like a three-for-one. If uh, you could have had Daniel Bryan win at SummerSlam, it would have been a great moment. It would have been tremendous. The crowd would have popped. Daniel Bryan would be popular. So you're, you're creating, you're helping to facilitate one superstar. What they did at SummerSlam, they gave you three. I think Daniel Bryan right now is even more popular, if that's possible, since SummerSlam, and you created two bona fide heels, and you have storyline for for months. I'm just really enjoying what's going on. I loved the end of SummerSlam. I thought it was just it was tremendous. I think fans were just shocked. Uh, a really cool moment for Daniel Bryan thanking his parents uh, at the camera, and then having the title snatched away that quickly. I'm I'm really enjoying all the storylines running into this pay per view tonight, Dave. Uh, so am I. I mean, I thought I, I totally agree with you. SummerSlam was, first of all, as a show itself overall, I thought it was a really good show, and it was a big, it had a big feel to it, and it kind of brought back that old feeling of what you know SummerSlams used to be. It used to be the WrestleMania of the summer. It wasn't just every other. It wasn't just like any other pay per view. Um, I thought the ending was great. Um, you know, with, with with Hunter and the turn with Orton, and you know, you kind of saw that Orton was going to cash in, but you didn't know how. Um, you know, it was overall it was good stuff. And I mean, the the one thing that a lot of people don't see, you know, the critics out there, people on the internet, you know, the, the dirt sheets and blog sites, is that, you know, Daniel Bryan, he's over like crazy. Everybody loves him. You know, the, the yes chance. I've said it a million times. He's the number one baby face in the company. And people hate on John Cena. And we've 
discussed on this show in the past how John, how we respect John Cena. We're not John Cena haters. But John Cena, the proverbial face of the WWE at that moment, put Daniel Bryan over clean in the middle of the ring. Daniel Bryan probably got the biggest win of his career and catapulted him even higher after that moment. And granted, it got taken away from him in that storyline when Triple H had screwed him over. But going forward now, now he's got something more to ch- now he's got something to chase, and he's got you know even more incentive to be the WWE champion. Not just like before, where he had to be the champion to prove that he wasn't an underdog and he was a good wrestler. Now he can he's got it because he's got this 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 vendetta against Triple H and Randy Orton for doing what they did to him at SummerSlam. That when you he's going to chase this title for quite some time, and then once he eventually gets it and is the champion and finally overcomes all the obstacles, he's on top for good. You know, some, sometimes it takes guys a couple of years, however long, to get over and stay over. And sometimes guys get over quickly, but then they lose their luster. Daniel Bryan's been building up. It's like, here's how I look at it. I watched an interview with, with Kevin Sullivan once. It was a shoot interview. And he was talking about how he booked the NWO angle. And I kind of see how this is going now with this Triple H regime with Orton and the shield involved and the, and the power, the control with power that they have over the WWE. But Sullivan said that he booked the NWO angle like a hot air balloon. you gotta, you got to build heat in this balloon in order for it to fly and, 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 and keep building the heat until it explodes. You, 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 and, and that's what they're doing with this and I think SummerSlam was the launching point for that and I think it's only going to get better as time goes on and I think there's there's a lot of different ways they could end this you know Daniel Bryan wins the title but he's still got Triple H to deal with I think eventually it will lead to a Daniel Bryan Triple H match and Triple H is not a full-time wrestler Daniel Bryan is and what a feather in Daniel Bryan's cap if he were to beat Triple H at some point someday Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow night on Raw but I think eventually it will lead to that point once he gets the WWE title. Um, I don't think he'll get the WWE title. I'll do a prediction right now. I don't think Daniel Bryan's winning it. But overall, as far as that show goes and as far as the end of that, I thought it was awesome. And Triple H kind of taking over the Mr. McMahon role. Vince is not on TV as much. He had something to do with it, but he's kind of letting Triple H run the show. I like that. It's a newer face. And Triple H has always been a good heel. I will say this, though. When Triple H has been in charge on television, things haven't really gone too well. The first time he was an authority figure, he was a part of the McMahon-Helmsley era with Stephanie when he first married her. And at one point, things went awry, and guys tried to walk out on him. And then a couple years ago, when he was named the COO, the company, everybody walked out on him, and he lost his position of power, so to speak. Well, now he's back, and he's kind of doing the same thing over again that he did 13 years ago. And I think eventually, over time, they're going to build it and build it and build it and build it, that him and his group have all this power, and they're causing all this chaos to the point where everyone in the company is going to be sick of it, and now the baby faces are going to get their comeback. And I think it will happen down the line, but I think it's good television, and it kind of blurs the lines in between reality and fiction 
with, you know, Triple H's on-air relationship with Stephanie and their real-life relationship. He's an executive in the company. He married into the family. It, it all works, and it's all for compelling television. I think it's something fresh and different right now for the WWE, and especially everyone's complaining, you need to get John Cena off of TV. Well, he got injured. He's off TV now. Now you got Daniel Bryan as the lead babyface. you got Randy Orton in a position where he's more comfortable, more believable as a heel. Triple H is an is a authority figure. He's not wrestling. He's, 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 it's good stuff overall. And I, I'm enjoying everything that's coming out of this right now, even the stuff with Big Show. But I could, I could take for, you know, uh, the crying. I'm not really big on the crying. I don't believe a 500-pound guy can cry like that. But Especially we had Goldust cry this week, too. Like, enough. We don't need any more superstars breaking down. And, I mean, Jesus Christ. Crying is getting old. <laughs> it's a, Triple H and Stephanie, they're just, they're just mean. Um, but I, I, I'm enjoying it, because, and I agree with you. I think you you really hit, a, you know, the blurring of the lines aspect of, of the storyline. I think it's tremendous because, you know, again, I said it earlier in the show, like, you know, it's so difficult now in pro wrestling since, you know, it's just like flat out, you know, admitted, hey, it's it's scripted. This is, you know, nobody keeps kayfabe anymore. You know, you got two guys that hate each other on TV and then they're at a don't be a bully, be a star rally together. Um, you know, they don't protect those storylines as much anymore outside of TV. Uh, that blurring of the lines aspect of pro wrestling um, is very difficult now since they've, they've basically put it out there. Hey, it's it's scripted. Uh, it's staged. You know, this is this is what we're doing. It's not a real sport. It's sports entertainment. Um, I do think with having Triple H really in real life being the COO and being a character COO, uh, actually being married to Stephanie and having her on the show as his wife, it's just it does help to kind of blur those lines and, uh, you know, kind of give a realism to uh, the storyline. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I think it's great. I've always liked Triple H as a heel. I always thought he had a tremendous uh, grasp for the heel psychology. Um, I, I really like what he's doing right now. Um, I loved the exchange he had with Edge. Uh, both uh, out in front of the crowd, but especially behind the scenes when when they're in his back office and Triple H is like, who do you think you are? This is my city now. This is my town. Get out of my building. You know, I I just, I loved it. I mean, he just, you know, Triple H is kind of skating that line right now. And I I thought it was a great exchange because he's kind of that that, uh, smarmy, weaselly executive type at times. But then... There was that moment where he, you know, the the game kind of came back, and he was just the uh, the intense in your face kind of, you know, you better leave or there's going to be, you know, I'm going to put a hurting on you, uh, you know, I I just it, I I just think it's great. It, it's right now it it does give that whole, you know, aspect of things that uh, he's just a, a an insurmountable foe. Uh, which is is great because then eventually you're going to have the hero uh, vanquish that foe. And uh, it's just great the way it's being set up. And, you know, like going way back, um, and I do think in wrestling, you know, and and as you said, we don't hate on John Cena here, but I will say this, like going back when John Cena was given the keys to the car, so to speak, 
Um, I do remember thinking that maybe he was brought on a little too quickly. Uh, maybe he le- needed a little more seasoning before he was, you know, anointed as as the face of the company, uh, given the WWE title. Um, you know, I like right now that they're holding off with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's fine. His spot's fine. You know, and, and he's great right now, you know, being the guy chasing that title. Being this, this smaller guy who has just odds on top of odds on top of odds being stacked against him and and still trying to persevere through it. I think Daniel Bryant works so well as the guy who's chasing. And, you know, I'm not saying it wouldn't have worked, but maybe getting the title at SummerSlam, maybe it would have been a little too soon for him. I, I like what they're doing building-wise. And, you know, let's face it, those people who who didn't like the finish at SummerSlam. I mean, what what if the finish at SummerSlam is leading towards him finally getting the WWE title at WrestleMania? And and we, we watch him fight and scratch and claw and persevere until finally he's standing on, you know, on the top rope holding the WWE title at the end of WrestleMania 30. Uh, you know, that would be an incredible moment. So I, I think, I in the long run, I think this is great for Daniel Bryan. It's great for Orton. It's great for Triple H. Even, like, getting back to talking to the crying guys. You know, who would have thought that Goldust in 2013 would be relevant on WWE television? But they made it work. It worked. You know, they could bring Goldust back now. He's relevant. I mean, they can use him in this, this storyline. Uh, they're... They're mixing in aspects now with, with the Rhodes family as far as uh, the Rhodes family and the McMahons. And they're, they're referencing, you know, actual, you know, historical stuff between the, the two families going way back to, you know, Dusty coming into the company and, and having to wear the polka dots. Uh, you know, I, I, I love that stuff. I think that's really interesting stuff they're using with this storyline. Uh, so they're using the McMahon and Helmsley and they're, they're, kind of spawning it off into different spots. So you have the Daniel Bryan thing. You have the Rhodes thing. I, I think it, it makes for, like, concise television. It gives uh, the show direction. And uh, I'm just enjoying, like, everything that's going on with the, the uh, Helmsley COO character. And, uh, you know, we'll see how everything unfolds uh, going forward. But I'm digging it. What are your thoughts, Dave, on how they're – They've mixed in like actual history with the Rhodes family uh, into this storyline. I think it helps. I mean, tr- tremendously. Uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes. Um, you know, he had a DVD come out about seven years ago, a retrospective of his career, and he talked about the polka dots and how a lot of people didn't like seeing him with the polka dots on because it wasn't the real Dusty Rhodes that they knew and loved that they saw with the NWA and Jim Crockett promotions. But he talked about how he was just, you know, he he made it work and he had fun with it. He didn't like it at first, but he had fun with it and he made it work and it was very popular at that time. He wasn't the number one guy in the company, but his fan base went over and watched him because he was that good. And, I think that the, the, the reality of, you know, even with Goldust's pre-match promo where he talked about all the, the mistakes he had made and the, the third and fourth chances that he has gotten in the WWE, uh, I think it, re- it really um, added, you know, a, a, an extra, you know, layer to this storyline with Cody and with this regime that helped um, add more emotion 
to the the match with Randy Orton uh, Monday night, uh, which was a tremendous match, by the way, which, you know, goes to show for a guy like Goldust, who has been out of the scene for a little while, he comes back and he didn't miss a beat whatsoever, um, which was, you know, which was a a testament to his skill. And he's a Rhodes, you know, he grew up, you know, in wrestling with his father, Dusty. So I, I didn't expect anything less but a good match from him and Orton. And I like that this is also catapulting, you know, when Cody Rhodes returns, that he's going to be a major player, which everyone's had high expectations for him when he burst onto the scene, and he's done some good stuff, and he's done some stuff that's been questionable, and he's done some stuff that, you know, people have really haven't liked at all, but now, especially that promo when he left the arena, um, you know, how passionate he was, I mean, it, it looked like he was really upset that he got fired. Even though it was a storyline, it made you, you know, think for a minute, like, you know, he, he's he's really upset, you know, is this is this real, is this, you know, so I, I enjoy it, and I enjoy that they're giving the rub to him, because I think he deserves it, he's a great competitor, um, he's got a bright future in the WWE, and I just love how that they're using a lot of these younger guys and mixing them into this storyline, and even mixing some of the older talent, too, and you know, Dusty is going to be on Raw tomorrow night to speak with Stephanie about this whole situation. And Dusty's a great talker. And I think that it's, it's only going to get better, in my opinion. I really don't see anything bad coming out of all of this, um, especially with the Rhodes family. But when Cody returns, it's like now he's got a newfound mission. It's like, get you know, get revenge on the guy that fired me. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's – it's, I, I compare it to the NWO angle, how they just ran roughshod over everybody, and then you know guys like DDP got their you know got their revenge, and Sting and Lex Luger, you know they're taking certain guys that they see faith in and putting them in this in these positions like Daniel Bryan and and, and Big Show and, and Cody Rhodes, and you know you're you're seeing new life in some of these characters, which I think is really cool. I mean, I got nothing but good things about it all. I I enjoyed it personally. With, with the gold dust return, um, even the even the 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 post match uh, vignette in the back when he was leaving and he was crying, um, you know I could have done without the crying because Big Show had done it a couple of weeks, but um, with Stephanie, how she had you know gone from being you know very sincere and asking how he was and seeing if he was okay to turning into a complete bitch and just basically humiliating him in front of everyone in the backstage area. I thought it was tremendous, and how he sold it, too, how disappointed he was that, you know, all the second and third and fourth chances that he's had, this is the biggest one he's got, and he's doing it for his brother, and he couldn't come through. And it just brought, it just made you feel bad for him, and it made you want to see when Cody comes back that he's going to come back and he's going to kick the crap out of Randy Orton or, or Triple H or The Shield or whoever, you know. So it's it's all good stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm really enjoying it. I think it, it's uh, interesting, and it's funny when you bring up the polka dots because I think back when I was a kid, and uh, yeah, I was I, I became more of a Dusty fan like years later watching his his older stuff. I was a WWF kid, and uh, I just remember thinking that it was ridiculous. Uh, so the the polka dot thing, I, I love the fact that they brought that uh, into the mix, and uh, yeah, I think everything's shaping up right now to. Uh, you know, look for really some entertaining television. Uh, looking forward to a good pay-per-view. And uh, I think we're looking at a a nice, solid run of storylines heading into WrestleMania 30. And, yes, we're in a, 
September of 2013, but we're we're uh, referencing WrestleMania 2014. But I think uh, we're we're starting to see like the the groundwork being laid, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how these storylines unfold. And we want to know what you guys think. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones and see what you guys are thinking. So we want to hear from you. We got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey guys, how you been? Whew, man, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, all right, so I got a lot to. Well, I have to say it's been a while, so I got I got a hell of a lot to get off my chest here. Um, <laughs> the, the say what? Said so the floor is yours. Tell us what you're thinking. All right, thanks. Uh, well, I I did enjoy SummerSlam. I did. T- I'll tell you, I I did love I love the show, but as far as the the end, good God, they. T- I, I I'm sorry, but I. I think they totally dropped the freaking ball with it. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, CM Punk, when they did C, uh, him and Cena with the two championships, and then they had Kevin Nash and Del, Del Rio cashed in and won the title, and they completely let the, let the uh, air out of uh, the balloon with uh, CM Punk there. And then he, uh, you know, and it was like, and two years later, I mean, I, in my opinion, in my opinion, it's kind of like, you know, I think they kind of, I think they kind of really screwed it up because the whole I think it's been you know like the whole thing was Daniel Bryan was going after the title and when he finally wanted you know the show this, this SummerSlam really should have ended with him holding the belt you know holding the belt up doing the yes bit and you know and that and that being it you know it's like I, and it, and and it was just like you know because the match ended early and it was just like oh my god what are they gonna do and then and then, and then you know and then it's like you know they have the power going off and everything. And then the, and then Randy Orton's music hits and I'm just like oh god no 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 I don't do it no, and then you know he, and, and then Triple H kick him like oh fuck no why the fuck did they do that, and then it's just it's, and then they have Orton I mean the, the Orton's you know even said even the next night saying it was like oh you're the next hunter I couldn't have done it without you it's like huh, I mean that was like when Chris Sabin said to Kurt Angle and Sting he wouldn't have been TNA champion without their help, it was like I don't know even the whole thing with the uh, you know. And the, the, the heel, the heels running the show, the running the show or whatever. I mean, in my mind, I mean, I think it's, it's been, it's been overdone. It's like, I know, it's just like, because I mean, remember also when Triple H was the COO a couple of years ago. I think you just mentioned that. Um, and everyone spoke up and gave him a vote of no confidence. Now all of a sudden, uh, everyone's everyone's afraid to speak up and say, say what's on their mind. It's like now all of a sudden he's like. Yeah, everyone. Okay, stand on the stage and don't do anything and don't and don't and don't speak your mind. What? It, it, and, and then it's like, why the hell is Triple H and Randy Orton together? Also, because it's like, isn't Randy Orton the guy that has been shooting with the McMahons for the last like I don't know how many years? Isn't he the guy who punted Vince in the head? And then like freaking did the I don't remember what Stephanie while Triple H was cuffed to the freaking rope. Why and and couldn't do anything except watch it. Didn't, didn't, but hold on a second, Tony. Didn't Triple H in that promo the night after SummerSlam talk about how he had to bury the hatchet and let a lot of stuff go so that this thing could work with Orton, if I remember, acknowledging the past? I do, but it, it still wasn't, you know, it's like, as far as, you know, it's like first, you know, it's like at first Triple H was the face saying that he was behind Daniel Bryan, and then, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of, you know, that was the only time. I will, I will give I will, I'll, I'll give him credit for that. He, that was the whole point. Him no, no, I, I, in your brain, he swerved them all. 
Yeah, but you know, yeah, but I'm you know, like I say, you know, I, I gotta say though, though, up I mean, up until like this past week, I haven't really been too crazy about the booking, you know, because it's been the same. You know, it's like every week, it's like okay, Randy Orton or the Shield are gonna flatten Daniel Bryan. Triple H is gonna get in Big Show's face. Big Show's gonna cry like a big bitch, and it's like, doesn't he have an eye to collect contract? I mean, jeez, you know, you know, sorry to be so negative here and everything, but you know, it's just like, you know, it's just, you know, I mean. Oh, man, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the match, I mean, the show tonight should be good. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if, what I'm going to, if I'm going to see it or not. Probably, I don't know, I think I am, but it's, you know, I don't know. It's, like I say, it's uh, like up until last week when they finally had Daniel Bryan, you know, like, get the upper hand on Orton, you know, it's like, I, uh, you know, like in the, at the end of the cutting edge when he uh, made Orton tap out. And even you know, like last week when he finally, and even when Big Show finally got in his face, you know, it's like that—that that was all good. That part was good, but it was like you know, like when Triple H was like nodding to the Shield, who I thought were the Hounds of Injustice. Now all of a sudden there's henchmen. That doesn't make any sense. But uh, you know, because it's like cause it was—it was the same. It was just the Shield laying Daniel Bryan out, Randy Orton standing over him at the end of every show up until up until this week, you know, or last week or whatever, you know. What I, will, what I will say is good, though. I'll, 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 I will agree with this that the the, the stuff with the Rhodes with uh, Dustin and Cody, I have, I have, uh, I did love those two matches. Those matches, you know, you know, those were probably the best matches of both those two shows. And um, the promos backstage afterwards, you know, like you were saying, you know, it's like I, I thought those were really well done. And maybe you know, it's like if the, you know, it's like the Rhodes family. They do a, like a Rhodes family versus the McMahon family, or like you know, like Dusty sides with Daniel Bryan, or whatever they're gonna do. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not saying it can't get better, because, because it sort of can, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's not, they're not doomed, you know. I'm, but, uh, you know, because a lot of things I worry about is, you know, it's like Triple H, you know, in the past has been known to pretty much bury everybody. Remember the early 2000s when he was, when he put the belt on himself, and it's, it's like, you know, it's like the thing is, you know, it's like will Daniel Bryan, if he does fight Triple H, will, will Triple H do, do what's good for business and and Tap out clean to the yes lock, or or is he going to make Daniel Bryan eat a pedigree? Say, and you know, like, oh, the game is here, and I just made the and I just beat that troll, the, the B plus, whatever. Yeah, so it's just like you know, it's like, and that's why I get very leery with WWE booking because it's like they have something that's good, that starts out good, and then it's like you don't know if they're going to screw it up or not because the McMahon's just sometimes it feels like they they just can't help but be the be bomb the damn TV time. It's just so you know, sometimes it could be so ooh. I'd say no. I'm glad because, like, you know, it's interesting. We're, you know, differences of opinions. I mean, I'm enjoying, and I kind of hear what you're saying. I mean, a couple things that you hit on, um, and I'll admit, yeah, when when it was like every, it seemed like every show was ending with uh, Daniel Bryan getting a beatdown. It was like, all right, you know, no need to do this every show. Um, I I hear what you're saying um, with that aspect. Um, You know. I'm curious. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the stuff, and I guess you know, you, you watch it enough, and uh, it seems like you're a lot of the negativity is coming from what you think might happen going forward. I'm curious if if this whole storyline right now, um, the way with the way it started off at SummerSlam, and and if we see this is evolve into a place where WrestleMania. 30 ends with Daniel Bryan finally having that moment with the title. Um, would you then at that moment look back and say, all right, maybe there are some bumps in the road, but 
you liked it or are you just that like you just don't like it at all right now? Well, I mean, if it if it does if if the payoff is Daniel Bryan ending WrestleMania, you know, holding up the belt and finally, you know, then yeah, I, I you know it's like some of the stuff they've been doing the last three weeks, I'm still I'm not, wouldn't have been I still wouldn't be crazy about, but you know, it's like okay, if if it could be like if the booking could be like could be stronger for like the next you know six months or whatever, six or seven months. Um, you know, like it was going into SummerSlam. If it could be good, you know, like if they can, you know, if they can do a better deal, you know, like do better uh, than what what I think they've been doing. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, if if, if it leads to Daniel Bryan winning the title, sure. I mean, you know, but uh, um, I'd you know I'd be fine with that. I mean, just as long as you know, it's like, I mean, you know, if, 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 if they're going to have Randy Orton have to be the champion all this time, you know, like be the champion from now till then, or what they're going to do and. But and, and my other fear is I, I I hope that when Cena comes back from his injury that they just don't go, that they just don't toss Daniel Bryan aside and just go back to Super Cena, you know and, and you know because it's like go, go, going back to old faithful there. I, I kind of agree yeah. with you, and we're not you know we don't hate on Cena here. I'd like to see Cena kind of move someplace else, uh, uh, you know maybe take up with someone where there's not a, a you know a, a championship involved. Um, you know that I would like to see that when Cena comes back. Um, uh, one thing I'm curious, you know, switching gears a little bit. Uh, so we do have the pay per view tonight. Uh, is there any one match you're, you're looking forward to tonight on the on the show? Um, I think just because of the promos, I got to say the Punk uh, Curtis Axel, uh, you know, the handicap match with Heyman because cause that's that's the, that's the the, the storyline with CM Punk and Paul Heyman has been that that's the one storyline that has been consistently good. I mean, uh, like I said, their promos have been both of them. You know, obviously, are, are like are great on the mic, and I feel you know, they're both just awesome with their with their pro, you know, and the promos and the segments that they're in. And I, I think it's yeah, you know, I think that's I think that's really been the best book story in 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 the, in, uh, in the company right now. I mean, it's it's been really uh, it's been it's been. Uh, you know, I've been loving that. Even, you know, it's like the segment with the like the whole thing where he fell and supposedly broke his leg or whatever. I mean, you know, the fans were chanting this was awkward and it kind of was, but you know, <laughs> it, it still it still ended real. It still ended, you know, with that that realistic feeling of you know, like you know, CM Punk really wants to you know, really wants to tear Paul Heyman apart, and it's and and, and I mean that's pretty much what wrestling is at the end of the, you know it's like it's like you know I mean whether it's you know, Paul Heyman I gotta say he's been he's been doing a great you know like old school Bobby the Brain heel thing where it's like, you know, like he's been, you know, obviously upon weaseling his way out. Yeah. You know, and then it's, you know, it's like whether it be Brock Lesnar, which was an awesome match at SummerSlam, he and CM Punk, that was great. And uh, over the, you know, like Curtis Axel or, you know, it's like they debut uh, a new guy tonight, a night of champions or whatever, because I can, you know, like, I can see, you know, it's like Punk actually getting the pin on Axel and then, Heyman being, you know, like being like so, you know, like being like, you know, like really like scared out of his mind. And he just and uh, he just bails and just gets himself counted out. Because I, I I don't know if we're, you know like I don't know if we're going to get the payoff to that uh, on the, on uh, you know tonight. I mean that, they might wait till like maybe maybe Hell in a Cell. I don't know. They can have CM Punk versus. I mean I've heard about you know maybe they can do like CM Punk versus um, Brock Lesnar or another Heyman guy, and you know you, you can do the old stip where Punk wins. He he gets. You know, he he gets Heyman in the cell. You're right. I, I think the storytelling in this uh this storyline has just been amazing and, and 
you know, Heyman has been tremendous. It was it was weird though. Like who would who would spill water there? Who like who did that? Who put the water there? There was, there was water there. Uh, the crowd started chanting, "This is awkward." But uh, none of that. It's been really good storytelling, and and should be a very interesting match. It's a tough match, you know. Again, with wrestling, it's always good when you you kind of can't. And you've watched this stuff long enough, you know, a lot of times you can look at a, a pay-per-view or any card and just, you know, be able to pick every match and, and it's pretty easy who's going to win and when it keeps you guessing. Um, that's always good. And I think this this storyline keeps you guessing. And I will agree with you, Tony. I think this storyline's got a lot of legs and uh, I, I don't think we get the blow-off tonight either. I think this, this has got to continue. So, uh, Tony, thanks a lot for the call. Remember... Uh, we're back tomorrow night again, so we can talk about reaction to the pay-per-view as well as uh, what we're planning to see on Raw tomorrow night. Hope to hear from you then. And uh, remember, Tony's the best blogger in the biz. Check out thekennedyshow.com as he blogs for uh, Raw, SmackDown, and Impact each and every week. Thanks a lot for the call, Tony. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Yeah, tomorrow night, right? Yep, sounds good. Okay, awesome. Take it easy, man. You too. Yeah, you know, and it's, I guess, Dave, you know, different strokes for different folks. Uh, Tony, not too pleased with the uh, Daniel Bryan uh, Triple H storyline. Some valid points there, and I, I get it. I get, you know, uh, some of his points. Um, you know, again, for us, I guess we're both finding it to be uh, entertaining TV. I guess, uh, you know, sometimes I guess you watch wrestling enough and you kind of get caught up with what could happen. So you, you're not digging the present because you kind of are, are watching, you know, six, seven, eight, ten steps down the road a piece. But, uh, you know, I think Tony would might back off a little bit if we see the payoff being Daniel Bryant, uh, WrestleMania 30 with that title. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, you hit it on the nail, you know, nail on the head, different strokes for different folks. Uh, you know, I think it would be a bigger deal if he came back from all of this and uh, eventually won the title um, because of the, the, the SummerSlam screw job, so to speak. Um, but other people, you know, wanted to see it happen there. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Time will tell. I'd love, like, the idea I brought up you know, a while back on the show was two guys who were from their own generation and kind of grew up together in the wrestling business, a, a CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, WWE championship match at WrestleMania. Um, two guys of that era and that kind of wrestling, the, that indie style, so to speak, these two guys are internet darlings. They, uh, you know, facing off in the main event of the 30th anniversary. And that would be somewhat of a passing of the torch from the company to them as you guys are the, the two names, the, the two guys that we're going to, that we're going to go with. They're going to be the future of the company. Uh, I think that would be a perfect way to, uh, to, to put a feather in the cap of both individuals. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll we'll see. Like I said, time will tell with 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 those two, or especially with Daniel Bryan. But um, as far as tonight goes, I mean, it should like Tony said, it should be a good match. But I don't see him retaining it. I see this going on a little longer with him and Orton being in the title picture and really giving Daniel Bryan a serious rivalry to sink his teeth into in the WWE. And he's done some great stuff with Orton before SummerSlam, and I think that they'll and I. I went and saw them uh, WWE in Brooklyn uh, last week at the Barclays Center, and they had a great match. Um, you know, so I, I expect a, a really fun, um, exciting main event between the two of them. Uh, the outcome, I don't think Daniel Bryan's winning the WWE title, but I, 
I do expect some sort of offbeat shenanigans from, you know, Triple H or The Shield or Big Show or even the Rhodes family getting involved. So uh, it should be an exciting main event and, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing where else this story goes. But it doesn't end tonight. I know that for sure. I agree with you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five nine eight one five is the number to call. Again, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We're gonna go back out to the phones because we have Mike has been on hold for a while. Let's get him on. Mike, how you doing tonight? Hey guys, how's it going, Dave? How's it going? Doing all right, how are you? I'm doing all right. You know, just taking uh, a lot of stuff in. Um, what Tony said about what Tony said about. Um, you know, how he didn't like the Triple H and uh, the storyline and the whole thing. I mean, that's his opinion, and he's entitled to it. And uh, I, don't, I I personally didn't think a, go, a ghost face, a goat face, I should say, is um, going to be the face of the company. Maybe he could be the face of his own little goat company, but that's about it. Um, bottom line is that Randy Orton and Triple H um, have a history together. And remember, it was Randy Orton who was in Evolution with Triple H. So I, I it just that's that's my opinion on on that. So are are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. First of all, everybody knows I'm a Triple H guy. You know, everybody says I'm a guy, I'm a Heyman guy. I always like Triple H. I always will like Triple H. Um, so that's that's my opinion. About about that, um, I I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching SummerSlam, and um, I was singing "I Hear Voices in My Head," and then the next thing I know, there it comes on the big screen when Triple H, um, you know Triple H Pedigree's uh, the Goldface, and then it's on it's on and we're running we're, and we're getting ready, uh, you know, and we're getting ready for the show, and Randy Orton when he wins the title, everybody in the place whether they had a yes shirt or a no shirt, they were cheering, which made me think, you know, you're here to cheer on your guy, and he just got beat by Randy Orton. So it was, it was uh, very, very weird, very weird. Yeah, you know, I guess it's funny, and, and it depends on, on what kind of a wrestling fan you are, and it's funny, because I, I find myself, like, I don't, like, there are guys I like, um, you know, I've always liked Triple H, um, but when I watch wrestling, like I don't watch it necessarily rooting for my guy. I usually watch wrestling rooting for a good story. So I'm I'm okay if my guy loses as long as the story worked well. So I don't I don't really find myself. You know, when I was younger, you know, I'd, I'd root for like my favorite wrestler to win all the time. Now I just I, I root for a good story. So I get it. Like certain people, like you know, still are the you know those kind of fans that root for you know, their favorite wrestler. And, you know, a lot of Daniel Bryan guys just were rooting for Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan not winning uh, is disappointing. I I personally liked the way the story unfolded. So, like you're saying, Mike, I, I guess a lot of the people uh, at, at Buffalo Wild Wings, um, they enjoyed the, the telling of the story, and they, they enjoyed uh, being surprised, and uh, they enjoyed the swerve. So, uh, as much as they're wearing the Daniel Bryan shirts, maybe the types that just uh, they're enjoying some good storytelling, and it was a good, uh, it was a good shocking moment, uh, at least for this wrestling fan. So 
I've enjoyed it. I'm curious, Mike, going into tonight, is there any one match you're, you're really looking forward to uh, seeing tonight? Yes, uh, I'm looking forward to the Punk. I want to I'm looking forward to the Punk Axel match because um, last week when I went to see WWE Live, um, what do you call it? Punk had Heyman in the in the in his uh, in his uh, Anaconda Vice, and he was really giving it to him. And for a split second, until Axel got the low blow on um, on Punk uh, on Punk, I was very happy. You know, he also hit him with a kendo stick. Punk wasn't his re- real punk self at WWE Live. He came out with the kendo stick. He was ready to go to, for business. There was no clobber in time. He just went right. He just went right. Uh, you know, right to business. So that's one match I, I want to see. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And also, I think the Big Show is going to swerve Daniel Bryan. Um, I think it, because Triple H came down so hard on him. I think that's what's going to end up happening in that championship match. Um, I also think in the other championship match that Alberto Del Rio's personal ring announcer is going to come back, and uh, he's going to he's going to swerve Rob, Rob Van Dam. I think Ricardo is going to be um, better in a tuxedo than he is in an RVD shirt, uh, and I think we might have a new uh, U.S. champion because the titles have to change hands, I guess. Um, but I, I just don't see RVD becoming a, a champion right now. Um, you know who's a very hot tag team? The Usos. The, I don't know, Dave, if, if when you were at the Barclay Center, did you get that vibe that they were very hot right now? Yeah, I mean, I did. They're, they're, they're different as far as like their characters go, but they also found a good, they also gel real well with the shield. And I think that's what gets the reaction that they get when they're out there, um, especially against the shield, because it was a fantastic match. Probably one of the best matches, uh, a tag team match I've seen those two teams have. I'm not as good as their, their, their match at the money in the bank pay-per-view, but it was still a pretty damn good match, but I'd like to see them win the thing. But, I don't think that's really going to happen. I think they got plans for uh, uh, the primetime players to win the kickoff match, the tag team turmoil, and face the Shield uh, tonight at the pay-per-view. But I'd love to see the Usos and the Shield again. Um, well, right, just because I've been seeing, we've been seeing the Usos and the Shield on these house on these house um, shows. Um, that's why I was thinking maybe they're going to do something tonight. I mean, they definitely have the fans when they come out. The fans definitely um, pop with them. Um, and then you guys, before we're talking about good old JR, one of my favorite moments was at WrestleMania 14 when he called at the end, Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. It was like, wow. I mean, you know, here we just had often, 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 and now he, he goes, Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. He really wanted you to watch Tyson knock out Shawn Michaels. Um and one of my other favorite moments was when uh, he helped um, Jerry Lawler against Taz. You know, because uh, Jerry Lawler stood up for um, for good old Jr. at one of the Raws because Taz was going to slap Jr. I mean, again, that's what a, a you know another fellow wrestler does. He protects um, announcers from getting hurt. I mean, even though mankind hurt him and uh, Kane 
burned them, and I mean the guy had been to hell. Well, the guy, the guy, it's awesome those moments up because they, they, you know, the the great moments that Jr. had are really a, uh, you know, countless, and we can sit here, you know, all night just saying, oh yeah, I forgot Austin, about that. Moment. Austin he was, got McMahon. Austin got McMahon was great too. <laughs> you know, Austin got McMahon was wonderful because it was a, at a time where you wanted to kick the crap out of your boss. And Austin definitely did that. Austin definitely did that, and McMahon. Made sure, and Austin was another guy that was always chasing the belt, and it was always going to be his. And then it would pull it away. And then he said he didn't want you to be the champion. That's why I didn't see um, Daniel Bryan as a corporate champion when he was in a suit, and they wanted him to shave the beard. But I mean, I understand. Uh, the only thing I am upset about is when they say it's best for business. It's like, all right, already we know what's best for business. You know, we know that you're going to say it every single time now. You but that's Triple, H's, that's Triple H's catchphrase. That's like Vince saying, you got no chance in hell. You're fired. This is what Triple H is, is doing right. to, to cement himself in this corporate role. The best right. for business line. That's right. exactly what it is. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that they sometimes, like like uh, Tony was saying, they beat things um, like a dead horse. And uh, I, I don't know, one of those things. But on the JR thing, I am gonna miss J. Uh, I am gonna miss JR. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those sad situations. Um, also at WWE Live, I ran into Bob Backlund, and I asked Bob Backlund about his message he had with the Harley Race because we were talking about the DVD that came out about the best of Masters Square Garden. He told me, he said, he said, Mike, he said Harley Race helped me in my career. And I'm always indebted with you know great gratitude to him. So I I thought that was uh, I thought that was nice of him to say. And, and I said to him, you helped a lot of young stars yourself. So it's a given uh, take. So, That's awesome. I mean, actually had a moment with uh, Bob Backlund. Mike, thanks a lot. I for have, the- I've had a couple of uh, moments, but the other thing, and I have to get to tell there. Oh, I got a lot to say because, Dave, I'm very upset about this. You know, Ken came on in the show, and he talked about getting hurt, how a wrestler hurt him. And you didn't say, well, you know, that's terrible. You didn't say anything. Um, Ken, I discussed that off the air. Don't don't tell me how I got to. You know, console my co-host and my friend. All right, we don't. I'll let you let let you do that. But oh, I did. Yeah. I, I, mean, I was this. I was. I was terrified when Ken, when, first of all, I know, I know um, Ken very well. I know this guy very well. I know them. I know, I mean, I know Andrew Anderson and Ken, but I know Andrew Anderson real well. And, uh, you know, I I took Ken Andrew Anderson's chain and I actually used it against him in a match because I wasn't afraid to do something to Andrew Anderson. But, um, I was very shocked to see that happen to Ken. I like Ken, respect Ken, but like I said, Ken, um, like the other night when I wrote, you know, Ken Reedy's down, and then Andrew Anderson jumps on my Facebook, and then you jump on it, it's like, okay, I'm watching these two guys go at it and thinking to myself, hey, Ken, it wasn't, you know, it's the company's fault. You know, yeah, he put his hands on you, buddy, but, I mean, at least you're part of a great storyline. And Andrew Anderson does not like this merger. Um, 
I wouldn't have said him now. But, you know, and, and, and Dave, I was only just pointing out the obvious. Word, word on that, uh, you know, Andrew Anderson, if he puts his uh, hands on any other commentators, uh, he'll immediately be suspended. So the board directors did the right thing. And, uh, the, you know, hopefully this, this merger goes through now with uh, Ada Hitch. But, uh, Mike, thanks a lot for the call. Enjoy the pay-per-view tonight. And, again, remember, programming change will be on tomorrow night. So <laughs> talk pay-per-view or Monday Night Raw. Give us a call tomorrow night. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a nice night, guys. Thank you, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Our new listeners out there, that is Mike yeah. Ferrara. You have just experienced Mike Ferrara. You're welcome. He just hit, like, you just, you know, hit just about everything. We went from Andrew Anderson to Bob Backlund, Brooklyn, Pay-Per-View, Raw, JR. I mean, we we ran the gamut there. So three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. You want to talk pay per view? You want to talk WWE? You want to talk storyline? You want to talk Mike Ferrara's phone call? By all means, give us a call right now. And uh, we're gonna go back out of the phones because an old friend. I, I guess he's probably calling in from uh, Area fifty one, perhaps. But uh, Mr. Bob Arian, how you doing, Bob? <laughs> Ken Reedy. Hello. Ken Reedy. It is. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. My ears are bleeding after I had that nitwit on. I know I like him, but you know what? He's a friggin' nitwit. And how is your knee, Ken? I hope it's not healing well. Because you know what, Ken? You deserved what you got. Uh, how what are you going to say about that? I, well, why, why did I deserve what I got? Because this show should be Dave Rosenblatt's show. Okay, Ken, I thought the higher-ups would have known after your hiatus that, wait a minute, Ken's not the way to go. Dave is the way to go. And then you challenge the big double-A, the silent assassin, Andrew Anderson. You dare cross the line on him? Do you know what you're messing with? Me and Andrew, we may not agree eye-to-eye, but... He's a government operative, too. He won't admit it. I'll admit I am. Do you know the venture you have entered? Do you realize what you have done? Do you realize the safety that you don't have anymore? Because if he calls me, guess what? We own you, Ken Reedy. What do you got to say about that, Kenny boy? Well, again, and, and you know... Telling what what the board of directors ha- has determined, uh, you know, it was an unfortunate incident, but I'm going to continue to do my job and ask the hard-hitting questions. And uh, at this point, Anderson uh, can't put his hands on me, or he'll uh, he'll face some serious uh, disciplinary action. And I do think that for Anderson right now, um, you know, his uh, biggest goal, aside from trying to put the kibosh on this merger, is to uh, get the gold back around his waist and. Uh, being suspended or out and out fired is not really uh, beneficial for him achieving this goal. So I'm hoping at this point, because of what the board directors have put forth, that uh, it will be a much safer working environment. But I will continue to, to do what I do and, and ask the hard-hitting questions when I am on Wrestling on Fire. Okay. You crossed the line. This guy's a legend. This guy 
you know what I'm saying? He's he. People don't understand him. He's a good guy at heart. He's got his he's got his issues, but you cross the line when you challenge Andrew Anderson. And you know what? When he starts making phone calls, Ken, I don't care about the board of governors. I don't care about anything. But you know what? Board of governors can disappear. All of a sudden, that company can be taken over. All of a sudden, that company can drop like Wall Street drops. You know what, Ken? I'm sorry. I like you and I hate you, but I think your days are numbered, pal. And you know what? I think you start breaking days in to take over the show because I think you're on your way out. And I'm sorry to say that. And Missy G, tell her, stop leaving her shift at Walmart four hours early. I got her on satellite. Be careful what you do. I'm watching. I just don't even know where to did, go. Did you hang up on me? I didn't. I'm just. Yeah, I, I may be off my medication, but I am saving the world one inch at a time. And because of me, you still stay safe. And where's my pal Dave? Would you you tell him he's not allowed to speak now? You're controlling the show totally. No, I'm here, Bob. I'm just I'm just giving you the floor, and uh, you know, it's glad that glad. Glad you're back here on our uh, our, our uh, debut show, uh, you know this this new season, so to speak. And uh, it's always good to hear from you. And uh, sounds like you're uh, you're you're keeping busy. I'm keeping busy, and also I don't know if you watched the last gun show, but you know what? That Bobby America, he's going to go. I had him kidnapped. They rescued him. They had the SWAT team come in, and this big Steve Orff comes in and whatever. Mm-hmm. He does what he's got to do. I'm still his manager somewhat, but you know what? Ken, he's starting to irk me like you are. Uh, nobody likes there. Bob Arian doesn't like anybody these days. Bob, Bob are you going to no, be on Dave, your own? Dave, I like you. Oh, okay, well, all right, that's Dave good. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. As long as you're on my side, yeah, that's, that's all I'm I care about. I'm on your about. side. I'm all on right, your Bob. side. So, all listen, right. i got to go save the world. You got any more questions of me, Mr. Reedy? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good right now, but... Uh... I'll have my people contact your people uh, if we, we come up with some more questions. We'll see. What I, watch your other knee because it's coming, pal. Thanks for saving the world and keeping us safe. No problem, brother. Talk to you soon, Bob. Okay. <laughs> Going off the rails on a crazy train. It's whack job night here at the Ken Reedy Show. <laughs> That's a number to call. Thank you. We had some people that have been on hold for a while trying to uh, thank you all for being patient. We're going to go back right back out to the phones. And, uh, Cole, are you Hello? there? Hello? 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 Hi, this is Dave Reese. Excuse me? This is Dave Reese, your wrestling psychiatrist. Hey, how are you? Thanks for giving us a buzz. Finally, yeah. you know, I heard you guys talking about uh, people being off their meds. I'm licensed in New York. I got my script pad ready, and I'm all set to go. <laughs> yeah, we've had some callers calling in that might need uh, some prescriptions. But uh, it's great you called. Thanks a lot for giving us a buzz. Um, curious, like, like your thoughts on on what's going on right now. And uh, you know, you're an expert on on wrestling psychology and. Uh, you know, right now with uh, what Triple H is doing and that that storyline, uh, what what do you think of all this right now? Well, I agree with you guys. I love it. I like the idea that there's really a 
bringing in of reality into the storylines, that the lines are blurred. I think those are the best storylines. You know, you, you could put up a lot of storylines that attract the kids, but it's this kind of storyline that gets us involved and keeps the adults involved and makes it interesting. So I'm really enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I like to go out of the box and think of where this could go further even. Uh, like, if you take Daniel Bryan, you know, I think, you know, he's great. He has a big future. Problem is, if they put the belt on him too early, where do they go? They can't have him going against too many really big guys or it starts losing some reality. I think he's not going to be the new heartbreak kid. He's going to be the new hard luck kid. He could chase and chase, hold belts now and then, always be chasing, and he's got years of great future in the WWE doing that. So I think they're going in the right direction with him. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, I, I love what they're doing with, with the roads. Uh, you know, I'd like to see them come back. And, you know, my own idea is, you know, it would be great to have Dusty back, you know, shooting his mouth off. And I could just see, you know, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with his boys going up against the real Americans. And just see Dusty and Zell, now they're not going to get in the ring together, uh, but they could surely draw it out while the kids go at it. So I think you've got some really interesting storylines going, and I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're all, the three of us are in agreement um, with with that stuff. Uh, one of the things I'd really like to ask you about, uh, again, being a, an expert on the wrestling psychology, uh, your thoughts on what, what Paul Heyman has been able to do as of late? I, you know, I think that's re- really a good angle. Um, I think he's, Paul's playing it great. Matter of fact, I'd like to see it even go back to bring back some of when Punk had his feud with uh, Chris Jericho, which was all too short, and they started bringing up Punk's family. Uh, I'd like to go back to some of that, not necessarily bringing in his real family, but, hey, how about Colt Cabana showing up in the corner one day to help help uh, out Punk? Uh, but I think that what Heyman's doing, the whole father angle, uh, I think that really hits at the heart of people without them even realizing it. I think it's a great angle. That's awesome. Are, are you, will you be watching the pay-per-view tonight? I'll be watching tonight, yep. Is there any uh, match you're you're really looking forward to? Uh, yeah, uh, there's no one match. You know, I, I'm interested to see what Dolph Ziggler does. You know, one of these days this guy needs a belt. Uh, I think that should be a good match, surely the punk match. Uh, but I'm not sure that that's going to be real definitive because this has to go on longer. Um you know, Del Rio is such a good heel that I agree that, you know, probably Rob Van Dam, uh, you know, isn't going to do it right now. And actually, I'd uh, sort of agree with your last call that it would be interesting if, uh, you know, there was that swerve and, uh, you know, uh, Del Rio got his announcer back and Van Dam sitting there not knowing what happened. Uh, so I think there are a bunch of good matches. You know, I'm not looking forward to it the same way I was some, at SummerSlam, uh, which I think was one of the best pay-per-views in a long time. Uh, but I think this could set up a lot more really good pay-per-views. I agree. I think it, it's shaping up to be a really good card. And, uh, you know, again, wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing the uh, planting of the seeds heading towards uh, WrestleMania. So I agree. I think we're looking at uh, some real good pay-per-views over the next couple of months. Uh before I let you go, are you, what are you up to? Are you doing anything, any speaking engagements, anything uh, coming down the pike for you? 
Uh, actually, I just got back from a month in uh, Boston. I'm taking some time in San Diego, getting myself together, and then I'll be heading back to Boston in a couple of weeks and uh, be doing some work out there and dropping down into New York City on weekends. Very cool. Thanks a lot for giving us a call. I have to get you back on. I love talking about the uh, in-ring psychology and then storylines and stuff with you. Uh, so, again, thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks. Talk to everybody. That was cool. Surprise. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. We have like two psychos and then a psychiatrist call. Go figure. So 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're talking Night of Champions. We're going to go out to the phones. Uh, we got Justin online. Justin, are you there? Hi, Ken. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I missed you. I miss you, too, because I wanted to talk to you this week. Because all I was thinking was I'm watching Raw, I'm watching SmackDown, and lo and behold, who is on both shows? The one, the only, the rated R superstar, Edge, was there. And how could you even remotely think of Edge without thinking of Justin? What did you think this week seeing Edge back on WWE TV? That was awesome. I love Edge Ken. I love him. So what did you I'm curious like your thoughts like when he confronted Triple H backstage, uh what what did you think of that and how Triple H talked to Edge? Well Edge he, he Triple H to Edge is a wonderful person and he told Triple H to leave him alone. What do you think when, when they had uh you know the shield beat up Christian? Christian was his tag team partner. Yeah, you think Edge was upset by that? Oh, yeah. I hear you. But I bet you were pretty pumped to see Edge on TV this week. I missed him. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny to say that because he's one of those guys that, you know, you see him, you know, come in there and do uh, the cutting edge. And, uh, you know, you realize that, yeah, you know, I mean, programming's been really good, but it was nice seeing Edge back. You know, you know, not one of those guys you don't realize how much you miss him until uh, you see him back. But uh, it was cool seeing him running his talk show and uh, doing the interview thing and uh, helping to facilitate that whole storyline. Uh, I like the confrontation between Edge and Triple H. Uh, thought it was all good. We got a pay-per-view tonight. Uh, championship match between Daniel Bryant and Randy Orton. Uh, interesting enough, Orton former tag team partner as well of, of Edge uh, against uh, Daniel Bryant uh, for that WWE title. Curious, Justin, uh, who do you think is going to win that match? Randy Orton. You think Orton's going to retain? Oh, yeah. His WWE championship. Do you think anything crazy is going to happen? Do you think it's going to be a clean win? A clean win. Clean win. Awesome. Well, thanks, Justin. Thanks for the predictions. Thank you so much for calling. Remember, we changed things up, so we're going to be back on live uh, tomorrow night, right before Raw. We're going to go 6 to 8, uh, right here at KenryShow.com. So you want to give us a buzz tomorrow night. We'd love to hear what you thought of the pay-per-view and what you're looking forward to on Raw. Thanks a lot for the sure. call. We'll talk to you soon, hey, right? Ken, you know what? What? Does Dave like Edge? Ask Dave. Do I like Edge? Oh, yeah. I think he's awesome. I was so happy to see him back this week on WWE. You do? How lucky you are. I'm a huge Edge fan. I met Edge uh, uh, five years ago at WrestleMania. Really nice guy. Well, 
Remember when he was in uh, WrestleMania 21 when he won the Money Money in the Bank? I do. Yes, that was that's one of the one of my favorite Edge matches. I love him. I I know. So do I. And I bet he loves you too. He he, he seems like he seems like a really appreciative guy for all his fans. Yeah, I. You know what, Dave? You should be an Edge fan like me. I am. I, I totally am. I'm on board. I'm on the edge. I'm on the edge train with you. You're you're driving, and I'm just following your lead. And so can he should he should take he should he should listen to Edge's theme songs. Oh yeah, I I I, I think he will. I think he will. But I'll, I'll let him know for you. All right, Dave. All right, John. Uh, you for the call. We'll talk to you real soon. Take it easy, man. All right, Ken. Stick. Wow. So Justin likes saying, like, let's get into this a little bit because uh, um, some of the predictions uh, we had. And you you had made mention. Actually, let's let's back. You mentioned that, but we'll the CM Punk Curtis Axel matchup. Um, interesting matchup. I think we're both in agreement, Dave. The storyline's got legs, so I don't see it. Um, I don't see it ending here. I don't think uh, Punk gets satisfaction uh, tonight. Um, perhaps do we see a new Paul Heyman guy? that uh, interferes. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb tonight, and I'm going to say that at some point in this match, we're going to see Paul Heyman get the pin on CM Punk. I don't know how, but I think that's the image that we're going to see in this match. Um, but I think something's going to happen, and this storyline's going to continue. Uh, Punk's not going to get what he wants out of this match. What are your thoughts on this match? I would happen to. I, I think that's a good prediction. I think that will add more heat, and it will it will it will put a feather in Paul Heyman's cap and humiliate CM Punk. I think that um, there's a possible. I think there's a good possibility we could see another Paul Heyman guy out of nowhere. But I think the the Paul Heyman guy reference has been kind of been overdone a little bit, and I think just it would it would kind of lose its luster if they just if they brought another guy in. Um, but I won't. I don't think we'll see CM Punk. Get his hands and get his out, you know, his, his total revenge on Paul Heyman. I think this is going to build up for a while. I mean, I said it, you know, to you in the pre-show, and I'll make mention of it now. But you know, the way that Punk described what he's going to do to Paul Heyman after Paul Heyman turned on him at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, I think personally that this is going to build up for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes right in the WrestleMania season, like around the Royal Rumble, where he finally gets his hands on Paul Heyman. And, you know, they either have a match or he beats somebody, and they're one of Heyman's guys. And, you know, but tonight it's going to be, um, I think I think Axel, I think it's going to it's going to be a victory for Heyman and, and, uh, and Axel, but it's not going to be an easy one for them. And this, this is just going to further continue. And I think it would help Axel if he got the pinfall and saved Heyman from the beating from CM Punk. Um, but time will tell. The one thing that, that kind of bothers me about this whole situation is that, you know, Heyman and Punk have been so good, Axel's kind of been put on the back burner in this storyline, and they've been trying to build Curtis Axel up as a legitimate threat on the, in the WWE scene but by being paired with Paul Heyman, yet Paul Heyman doesn't have any faith that he's going to beat CM Punk so that Punk doesn't get his hands on him. I just find it kind of... I don't know. I, I mean, I know the real issue is between Heyman and Punk, but it just makes Curtis Axel look like 
like a fool in a lot of ways. And to me, I don't think that's the that should be the the, the objective um, to kind of put him on the back burner. But tonight, Heyman and Axel will squeak out a win somehow, whether it's a Heyman guy or if Heyman gets the pin somehow or whatever happens. But Punk's not getting his hands on him tonight, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's going to be something entertaining. I totally agree with what you said about Axel. I mean, Axel has kind of been on the back burner a little bit, which has been unfortunate. And, you know, and I'm not going to, we're not going to get into another discussion. We've had it a few times about, uh, you know, the secondary titles. It doesn't help that he's the IC title and it's kind of been on the back burner. I, I would have loved to have seen at some point during this run, and it could have been something screwy and it didn't need to be clean if, if Axel uh, got, got a win against Punk. Uh, under his belt somewhere, just to uh, give this a little more uh, realism, I guess, or, or at least suspense, uh, so to speak, going in. But uh, who knows? Maybe they did that on purpose, and they, they want us to think there's no way that Axel uh, can beat CM Punk. So when whatever happens, happens tonight. Uh, you know, it's a shocker. But, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, the, the work has just been too good. And then... Look, Axel is just kind of on the back burner. CM Punk has been good. Paul Heyman's been off the charts great uh, facilitating the storyline. He He's just unbelievable. Um, he is that guy right now that when Paul Heyman's got a mic in his hand, uh, it's must-see TV. So uh, I'm looking forward to this being very entertaining. Uh, but CM Punk does not get uh, what he's looking for out of this match. Uh, we're going to go back out to the phones. We have a couple more people on hold. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Cole, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I have an opinion. Give it to us. All right. Well, CM Punk is my favorite wrestler. So, for one, I feel like he kind of deserves, after all the beatings he's gotten, to get his hands on Paul Heyman. Okay. And the second... The second thing is uh, I'd like to see a match between uh, CM Punk and Dean Ambrose of The Shield. I feel like that would be a really well um, kind of plotted match just because it was it might kickstart something else with Triple H and uh, CM Punk might go after the championship title from uh, Randy Orton. Interesting stuff. Uh, who, who is this? Uh, how rude of me. I didn't ask your name when you called. My name is Anthony. Anthony, how you doing? Thanks a lot for for calling. Uh, good stuff from it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to agree. I mean, I, I think Dean Ambrose versus CM Punk would be a a tremendous match. Uh, that would be a a really great matchup. And, and I hear what you're saying. Uh, I kind of agree with you. I think that CM Punk uh, definitely deserves to, and everything he's gone through, he's to get his hands on Heyman. I uh, as predicting wise, I don't think it's going to happen tonight, but I think it'll happen. Eventually, but I do agree with you. They've they've told the story where he does deserve to get his hands on Heyman. I'm curious, Anthony. Uh, is there a match tonight you're really looking forward to watching? Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton. And who do you think wins that match? I think that Daniel Bryan will win it after all the beatings he's gone through, and finally set the underdog story to from underdog to top dog. Wow, it's, I, I like the way you phrase that, from, from underdog to, to top dog. I'm curious, Anthony, uh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 14. 14? How long have you been watching wrestling? Uh, since I was in sixth grade. Cool. Do you have, like, I'm curious, who's your, who's your favorite ever? Either CM Punk or The Undertaker. 
Hey, both good choices. Uh, it's awesome. Thanks a lot for uh, giving us a call. I hope you uh, call back. You know, again, we're doing a show tomorrow night, same time, six to eight. So whatever happens uh, in the pay per view tonight, give us a call tomorrow night, and we can discuss whether uh, we're happy with how it turned out or uh, not so happy. But thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Take it easy, man. All right, you too. Good stuff, man. Fourteen-year-old calling in. He knows his stuff. I like the fact that it's his favorite wrestlers, like Undertaker, is in the mix there. And uh, I like, you know, Anthony, it seems like his uh, his kind of focus, which I guess makes sense, that, uh, you know, guys who are, who are getting beat down over time deserve to eventually, uh, you know, rise up and uh, vanquish their foes. And so he's uh, looking at Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan, who have taken a lot of crap over the past few months, uh, finally getting their uh, revenge there. So, uh Good stuff, good storytelling, and we got gonna go right back out to the phones. Uh, call are you there, Dave Rosenbluth. I offer you this once in a lifetime opportunity to join us. Join our dark side, or you will suffer the consequence. You have one week. Who the hell is this? No idea. Um, wow. Okay. Um, remind me never to take a moment and a half off again. <laughs> I don't know what happened here, but somebody's out there, Dave, is, uh, yeah. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I have no idea who that is. We don't actually have the, uh, the caller ID. You know, we just have the number here. So, um, but someone wants what, you to, to join them. What, what, what's, uh, can we, can we, can we save the number on the air? I got yeah. I'll give it to you off off air. Okay. But, uh, Dark Jim, side. I mean, I've, I've I've walked on the wild side, you know, a, a little bit, but dark side. I don't know about that. I'm, I, I was scared of the dark when I was a kid. So, <laughs> I mean, wow. Okay. Well, this is this has been a very interesting start to our to our season premiere of the show. <laughs> with all the calls between, we had we had two two callers that that that, that, that seemed like they they got a brain between both of them. They got two brains, and everybody else has been out of control tonight. What's going on? I, we can't take a vacation again. We're hitting the mountain running. I can't wait to see like the follow up tomorrow night. You know, I think you know we usually have the show on Sunday. Then we were going on Tuesdays. So people had maybe a. a a day to, to calm down. Now we're going to get right back at it tomorrow night, so uh should be interesting. But let's 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 get back to some normalcy. The Ken Reedy Show, not overproven. Of the Ken Reedy Show, where we—it's our nod of approval, and just so you know, with the new programming schedule, the nod of approval is going to be a staple of our Sunday show. So it's going to be once or twice a month now, instead of each and every week. But the nod of approval is something that we watched, something in the world of pro wrestling that we just—you know—you sit back on your couch, you're like, "Yeah, that worked. That worked." And uh, you know, you just give it your nod of approval, and we do it here. We talk about something that we we liked a lot, and. Uh, we're going to give you our nods. Dave, who gets your nod of approval this week? 
Uh, this week, I, you know, there's been a lot of good stuff, you know, since we've been gone that I, you know, had given nods of approval to. But, you know, for, for regular listeners of our show, you, you all know that um, I'm a big fan of Antonio Cesaro and just the, the feats of strength and the amazing things and his work in the ring. And this past Monday night, he had a match with uh, Santino Morella, and I was sitting watching a match with uh, my girlfriend and her son, uh, and he was uh, he did the um, a version of the airplane spin, except he grabbed Santino by the legs and he spun around. And you know, I thought he was going to go for you know a couple of seconds and then let him go, but he went. I, I I didn't time it out, but I would just venture to guess he he spun Santino around for a good two minutes, and it's just a testament to the strength that he has to do something like that. I mean, he's just incredible to watch, and I think that you know I'm kind of happy he's involved semi-involved in something now with with being in a tag team with Jack Swagger and uh, being managed by um, Zeb Coulter, but I would like to see him do some more stuff. Um, it just, his, his stuff in the ring is just amazing to watch. He's just, he, there's times when you watch wrestling and you say to yourself, well, that didn't look real or or the or, but he makes he makes a lot of stuff. You know, he's very stiff. You know, his uppercut when he throws the guy in the air and uppercuts him, I think it's awesome. I mean, he's done that neutralizer move to guys like Brodus Clay and uh, and the great Kali, and he's picked these guys up. And he's just he's just I was just astounded by it. And you know, my girlfriend said to me when we were watching it, she said he he had to have focused on one thing you know, in order so that he wouldn't get dizzy to spin Santino around like that for that amount of time. And, you know, I was just amazed by it. I'm, I can't get enough of watching him. He's he's my, you know, Heyman's must-see TV, but he's my must-see TV when I, when I watch him because there's just things that he does that, you know, that kind of, it takes me back to, like, the old school of wrestling when I grew up and how I was, you know, enthralled by certain things that wrestlers did in the ring. And he kind of does that for me. And, you know, he's, I think there's a record. Right, right, do we have a record for how many nods I've given this guy? I, you know what? We probably should start keeping stats, but I, I would venture to say that he's he's got to be tops. I think mean, he's probably tops for you, and he's probably tops for the show because I know I've thrown at least a couple nods in his direction. So, uh yeah, he's, he's definitely. It's funny. We should we should start keeping stats on like career record holders for nods, and then eventually we'll have Cesaro on the show and be like, "You have the record for nods." Sure. That would be that would be pretty cool. That would make my day. Uh, yeah, definitely a good nod. I mean, that's you know his athleticism is uh, second to none, and uh, I agree with you. I'm glad he's he's in something. I, I just I, I'm hoping down the road they use him more because uh, I think he's great. Uh, my nod, uh, you know, it's this week, but it's also uh, collectively. It's been a while since uh, we've been here, but uh, my nod's going to Triple H. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there that maybe aren't uh, on on board with this storyline, but I am. Uh, I, I've always admired Triple H's grasp for the heel psychology. Um, I like him set up as the number one heel. Um, I absolutely loved his confrontation with Edge in the back. Uh, this past week, um, you know, his whole, like, the way he's like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you're talking to? It was just, uh, he is just a man right now that is blatantly abusing his power, um, unapologetically abusing his power, and it, it works so well uh, for his heel persona. I just, I, I'm enjoying it a lot right now. Um, I'm enjoying how he's running roughshod over things, and uh, 
you know, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. And, you know, again, I get it when people say that, who are critical, but I'm not going to hate on something because of what I think may or may, may not happen down the road. If I don't like what happens down the road, then I'll criticize it then. Uh, but right now, I'm just I'm enjoying what Triple H is doing. I expect he's going to have something to do with tonight. Um, so I'm digging it. And everyone, you know, it's it's a simple character. Mr. McMahon did it. Uh, you know, that everyone either has or has had a boss that they hate, a boss that has abused the, their power, and uh, he's he's embraced this role. And uh, I'm just enjoying it. I think it's really focused the programming. Um, it's it's just I've I've really enjoyed it so far. So Triple H gets my nod, and there you have it. Cesaro and Triple H get our nods of approval. The Ken Reedy Show nod of approval. And there you have it, our nods of approval. We are in a pay-per-view night. So great to come back. Again, remember, we are back tomorrow night. So we'll be recapping some of the pay-per-view and getting you ready for Monday Night Raw. New programming day of the week. Remember, we're going to be on Monday, 6 to 8. That is the Raw pregame. So check us out tomorrow night. We are on a pay-per-view pregame. Gave you our predictions for... CM Punk, Curtis Axley, and I'd like to talk a little. we got like five minutes left in the show. So I want to talk a little bit, Dave, about the championship match. But let's go quickly through predictions. Ambrose Ziggler, who do you got? Ambrose. I'm going to go Ambrose as well. We agree with each other. The Shield, who do you think is going to win the tag team turmoil bout and who's going to win the tag championship match? I think the primetime players are going to win the tag team turmoil bout, and I think I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I think that they are going to win the tag team titles. The reason why, um, as we all know, that Darren Young has recently come out um, and announced that he is uh, a, a, a homosexual, and he WWE has been has been promoting that since it's been timely that he comes out, and then the primetime players have been on television. They've uh, got a lot of wins under their belt, and I think they want Darren Young to be a the face of the WWE's Be a Star program. They want, they want him to be a part of that, and having him as one half of the tag team champions, I think, also will you know add the you know the the, the period to the end of that sentence in regards to the uh, the promotion of the Be a Star program. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that that they win the tag team titles, but I don't think that they would have them for very long. I think Triple H would probably use his power and his control to uh, to take the titles away from them, add some more heat, and then maybe they'll start chasing the Shield a little bit for the tag team titles. I agree with you. I think they win the tag team turmoil, but I think the Shield uh, retains tonight, so uh, that should be interesting. Uh, who gets the uh, Divas Championship tonight? Um, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking, you know what? I was going to say I was going to stick with AJ, but um, it's kind of timely that uh, – the, it's the mid-season finale of Total Divas, and tonight's episode is the Natalia wedding of, of Vern Tyson Kid, and I think they're still filming for the next season of Total Divas right now, so it wouldn't surprise me if Natalia gets the win in the Fatal 4-Way and defeats AJ, and you got a feud between her and AJ. And from what I understand, AJ will probably be a part of next season's Total Divas show. Um, kind of playing off the storyline that she has right now about being insulted. She wasn't a part of it, and the girls are a part of that show. 
So I'm going to go with Natalia winning the uh, the Divas Championship. It's interesting because that company is very high on the Divas show. If you're part of the WWE Fan Council, they send out surveys often. I've got at least six or seven surveys just about that show. Uh, it's really interesting. And uh, every time I've, I've answered a survey, most of the time there's the question like, what would make the show better? And I've always put uh, – Caitlin and AJ. So I'm curious if other fans are, are putting the same things in, and that's why AJ's going to be included. But I'm looking for AJ to retain tonight. I think she retains the title. Um, going into, you know, if she's going to be part of the show, she'll maybe she'll be on the show with the, the championship. But I'm looking for AJ to retain. Uh, ADR, RVD, lots of letters. Who wins the world championship tonight, Dave? Well, so far the winner of this match is the alphabet because you got all these letters. But um, as far as the tonight's match go, a lot of people are thinking that Ricardo might. You know, Mike Ferrara brought it up about Ricardo turning on RVD and joining up back with uh, ADR. So I'm going to boldly say that RVD wins the title, and I think RVD will lose it probably next month at the, or at the next pay per view due to. Um, Ricardo turning on him, but I don't think it's going to happen right away. I think Van Dam will get the title, short little run with the belt. Del Rio will get a rematch next month, next pay-per-view, whenever, and that's when you see the return of Ricardo. But tonight, RVD, new world heavyweight champion. Interesting. This is like we haven't done this in a while, but we're differing on a lot. I'm saying uh, Alberto Del Rio retains tonight. I think he uh, holds on to the title. It's weird. I kind of think of, like, Ricardo turning, but uh, – Alberto Rio has done a lot of like heinous stuff to him as as of late. So uh, I guess it still could happen. It's wrestling, so anything can happen. But uh, um, some way, shape, or form, I think Alberto Del Rio will retain his championship tonight. And just let you guys know, breaking news: we got at least one prediction right. The primetime players have won the tag team turmoil match. Darren Young gets the pin. So you know what your match is going to be tonight. You got the Shield. Versus the primetime players. And with about three minutes left, the big one, the WWE Championship match tonight. Something screwy is going to happen. Maybe we see Big Show get involved. Triple H does something. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, maybe the ref is distracted while Randy Orton is tapping out. Who knows? Randy Orton's walking out tonight as the WWE Championship. That is my prediction on that match. And we're going to, I agree with... Uh, the good doctor who gave us Dr. Rice. Um, I think uh, I like his the way he said, not the what I said, the uh, oh geez, how do you phrase it? The hard luck kid, not the heartbreak kid, the hard luck kid. Um, I think Daniel Bryan is great uh, chasing, and uh, I think he's going to continue to chase coming out of tonight. So Randy Orton retains his WWE championship. Your thought on this matchup? Um, I think we're I think we're going to see Orton leave Detroit, Michigan, and Night of Champions with the WWE title intact. I don't know if necessarily he'll get the win per se, but I think uh, I think there's going to be some sort of offbeat shenanigans going on. Big Show's not advertised for the pay per view, and he's been heavily you know involved in this storyline. So it wouldn't surprise me if they force him to sit at ringside and have some sort of involvement in the match. Um, I think we're going to see some outside interference, distractions of some sorts, but Daniel Bryan's not leaving with the title um, in Detroit. I mean, I guess you could say, I'll, I'll go on, uh, Randy Orton wins. Uh, I'll go on record saying that he will he will win. It won't be a clean one, but he's going to win, and he'll get 
he'll get the win in the in the uh, in this title match against Daniel Bryan. Well, there you have it. So we agree there. But you know, the past few uh, pay per views we've we've picked, we've uh, we've had a lot of similar picks, a few different ones. Uh, tonight. Looks like it's shaping up to be a great pay per view. Looking forward to just sitting down, relaxing, and watching the pay per view. All you guys. Ken Reedy Show family, thank you for coming back on board. I uh, appreciate the support. You know, uh, it's one of the things I love about this show. You really never know what direction we're going to go in. So uh, thank you guys for being entertaining and calling in. And remember, uh, tomorrow night we'll be back. So whatever happens tonight, you hate it, you love it, you got a sounding board. So uh, it'll be pay-per-view reaction slash raw pregame tomorrow night, 6 to 8 p.m. Dave, it's good to be back. It is good to be back, and uh, I look forward to, to new and bigger and better things for this show, and I'm excited about the new segments and see how our listeners, uh, you know, take those segments. And uh, just overall, uh, you know, it's a, it's always a fun time here at the Ken Reedy Show. I can't wait. Yeah, so, uh, you know, don't know what that phone call was, so, Dave, uh, watch your back. Uh, keep an eye out. Someone uh... <laughs> got, like, hits on us. We both got bullseyes on. So uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, thanks for tuning in, and we hope to hear from you all tomorrow night, com. That's where it's at for the best in pro wrestling. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you all for tuning in. It is a night of champion Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow night. Take care, everybody.